0: Breaking down Wisconsin basketball. This is The Swing with Zach Heilprin and Jesse Temple on the Wisconsin Sports
1: Zone Radio Network.
0: Yes, welcome into The Swing here on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I'm Zach Heilprin. It is a special episode of The Swing today as uh, we look back on the five-year anniversary of Wisconsin beating Kentucky 38-0 Kentucky in the Final Four. That'll happen on Saturday. I wanted to take a a little bit of different look at this and and look at it from a different several different perspectives and we did that. Uh, We'll look at it from the perspective of people that covered it. I'm going to be joined by Jim Polzine and Jesse Temple, someone who coached in the game, Gary Close, the former assistant coach for Wisconsin, and then also a guy that played in the game, Josh Gosser as well. So that is going to be Three different perspectives on what happened that night in Indianapolis, and we'll start with Jim Polzine and Jesse Temple. As the the guys that covered it wanted to start actually in the lead-up to the game, the week of the game, I went back and read my preview f- heading into the game, That uh, and I was not bullish on Wisconsin's chances for a variety of reasons, but I'm wondering if either of you guys uh, remember what you were thinking leading into that game against Kentucky. Jim?
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I don't remember being overly confident that Wisconsin would win. Um, even though, you know, this is the best team I'd ever covered, I, I just thought I looked at Kentucky, and I'd watched Kentucky play throughout that season and just thought that not only is their starting five good enough to be the best team in the country, but their backups probably compete with most teams in the country too. And when you add it all in um, together, I just thought that would be, you know, too much talent for Wisconsin to overcome. Um, I thought they'd keep it close, and you know, I thought it would get onto the wire, but I just thought Kentucky had something special, and I fully totally expected them to get out of Indianapolis 40, you know.
3: Yeah. Uh, Jesse? I don't know what my expectations were. I'm going back and looking at some of the stories that I wrote in the week leading up to the game, and I had this column about how the Badgers uh, respected Kentucky but didn't fear them. And I remember being out in California for the Elite Eight, and Kentucky was playing Notre Dame in a game. Uh, it was on the TV, like at the front of the media room. And Notre Dame actually led 66-64 with less than a minute and a half left. And obviously it's a different matchup, different teams. But I, I I just vaguely remember watching that and thinking, well, they're human and they're potentially beatable. And like Jim said, this was the best Wisconsin team ever. I'm not going to sit here and say I was predicting Wisconsin to win, although I think I might have, actually. I think I did videos um like leading up to the game and i would offer my prediction and i wish i would have looked before this but i think i might have picked wisconsin to beat kentucky so five years later maybe i'll pretend to pat myself on the back
0: pretend to pat yourself on the back that's exactly what you're doing right now you're patting yourself on the back over the phone it's uh, it's okay i'm not judging
3: you but... i'm gonna do it all right i'm gonna do it okay now i want to find this video yeah but
0: yeah no i don't think there were I, I mean i think there were some people that were picking wisconsin there's no doubt about that but i think the overwhelming majority of people were picking kentucky there were Thirty-eight, no, for a reason, because they they had had some tests throughout the year. But Wisconsin, the way Wisconsin played against Arizona, the way that they shot it, you're just like, there's no way that's going to happen again, and it didn't. But they got it done in different ways, and there were it was a game of runs, especially in the first half, and then you know in the second half, you know Wisconsin gets out to a big lead, and then Kentucky gets out to a lead, and it goes back and forth. But I, Jim, I, I uh, vividly remember, I think I was sitting next to you for the first half until I got kicked out. Um, <sighs> by I think it was some national writer that came back after covering the first game but sitting next to you and Kentucky gets a three and then they get the, the lob uh, to Collie Stein and I think we looked at each other like eyes open like uh, <laughs> what's, what's this going to look like? But when did, you, when did you feel like Wisconsin had a shot? Did you go back and forth as to when you thought Wisconsin may be able to pull that one out? Because as I said, there were runs both ways.
2: Yeah, it's just so hard to remember what I was thinking at the time. I mean, I've gone back and watched this now a couple times because I'm writing about it too this week. And and watching that first half, that that there's a stretch there. I think there was like a, what a twenty. I can't remember what the run was. It was it was significant. And to me, it was like, wow, that this might be. I've seen this team play a lot of good basketball over two years, and that might have been the best stretch um, when you combine both ends of the court. They just were really good, really efficient offensive. They were hitting shots, getting good shots. And defensively, I thought they were really locked in too. So I wonder if I, you know, looking back, I wonder if I thought, hmm, they're, you know, they're sticking around here, and they went into halftime tied, and or no, it was a lead, right?
0: No, it was it was tied that because the the Bronson like, Bronson
2: shot tied it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, but but again, like I'll go back to my first answer. I just kind of you, you see Kentucky win um, so much during that season. I just I think probably even going to that last media timeout. I was probably expecting them to win, and you know, so much of that too is you're working and you're writing and you're trying to take in the scene, and um, so I don't know that I was really making predictions within the game. Like I'm not Patrikas. Patrikas makes like seven thousand predictions <laughs> within games, um, like every free throw he predicts, and, and I don't do that. So I don't know. It's so hard to remember like what I was actually thinking at the time.
0: Well, and, I, and then that's and that's kind of maybe a little bit inside baseball because how you cover a game, how you and Patricus and I think other people as well, a lot of people you know, you're charting stuff every single basket, every single, you know, possession. Like, that's kind of how you you, you score it yourself.
2: Yeah, and also, in in that type of game where it's so late, I'm writing essentially, I've got three documents up on my screen. I've got a Kentucky wins document, a Wisconsin wins document, and then kind of a running, you know, uh, game details. You know, like we call it running is what we just call it. Um, So that, that can plug into either story. But I've got a Kentucky lead ready. I've got a Wisconsin lead ready. Um, and then you know you're kind of sitting there waiting to see which one will work, or you, and sometimes like sometimes you have a lead going, you know like I've written I've written stories a day in advance, leads that just in the moment don't work because something happens within the game that that doesn't you know doesn't allow you to use it so. I don't remember exactly what I was writing that night. I look back at my story this weekend. You know, I was okay with it. It wasn't great. But considering the deadline, I was okay with how it turned out. But I was probably frazzled in the moment. I can I can assure you of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was 60-56. And Wisconsin hadn't right. scored for a long time. Uh, it looked like Kentucky had put the, the clamps on it. They were – I think, you know, there's been, been a lot of talk about that was the best defensive team in college basketball history leading into that game. And they had locked down Wisconsin. Wisconsin couldn't get anything going. Jesse, do you remember any of your feelings at that point in the game at 60-56, Wisconsin uh, struggling offensively significantly?
3: Yeah, I know uh, Carl Anthony Towns, he hit a turnaround, and that gave him Kentucky that four-point lead with about six and a half minutes left. And uh, Honestly, it's kind of with Jim a little bit. Like You're just sort of watching it unfold, and I'm, I'm fortunate to be in a little bit different position than Jim not being at a newspaper. I didn't have to worry about the same deadlines that Jim did, so I was just able to try and take it in a little bit more and start to work on the story after the game. I think I might have filed it at one or two in the morning or something like that. But I I know that Decker scored Sam Decker scored on a drive to the hoop. And then it was a two point game and it started this eight Oh run. And I'm sure you're going to get to this, but Sam made a lot of money in that tournament. And especially in that game, when he hit that Epic straight on three, that finally gave Wisconsin a lead. It was 63 60 with a minute 40 left. Um, And I think that, it's obviously one of those highlights that's played on the Jumbotron at the Kohl Center and will be for a number of years, but that's a moment where you're just like, oh my God, Wisconsin might actually pull this off. Um, and so that's, that's sort of what I was thinking. Almost part of me was a little bit overwhelmed thinking, I'm about to cover a team that's going to be a 38-0 Kentucky team that's going to play for a national championship two nights later. So there's a lot of feelings going on at the time, but ultimately you just want to capture the story as best you can because even in that moment, I think all of us recognized what we were witnessing may not happen again for some time, and we better write the hell out of it. You ever wonder what
0: would happen if the Nigel Hayes play had happened what ten seconds later? You know, review it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it, it was a huge play. Now again, they may not have changed it. They weren't great on a review that night, considering they went to the review on Josh Gosser getting you know slapped across the face and didn't call, foul, didn't call the uh, the flagrant, whatever it was. But I feel like that that was obviously a, a big time play, but you're right, Jesse. Sam Decker got them after that huge, you know, that drought, drives the hole, gets to the basket, and then a couple of possessions later, knocks down that step back three-pointer. And I'm is that the biggest shot in Wisconsin history?
2: I would say so, yeah. I mean, considering the the magnitude of the moment, um, I can't remember anything that would. You know, there's a lot of great moments in in program history, but I, you know, the Arizona game the year before was obviously a big game, but there weren't necessarily big shots down the stretch. That that whole last minute was just playing tough defense and and hanging on for dear life. Um, Sam had some big shots late in the Arizona game the following year, but those again were mostly to hang on. This was one that gave him the lead and. And really, um, you know, if you look at it, that's a shot that if Sam takes it before this hot stretch, if he takes that shot and misses it at any other point of the game, he probably gets yanked. Because it, it was not a high percentage shot. He kind of skipped to his left and was not the, They always talk about, you know, 10 toes facing the basket and inside out three pointers. This was not in that category. It was not what you'd call a great shot. But considering what Sam had done the previous two weeks, that's probably the guy you want taking that shot at that moment. And it just kind of showed his confidence. I I thought the one thing I remember from that night and, and, and was kind of reaffirmed when watching this game was just how confident Sam was from the get-go. Um, he, he could tell he was totally in the moment and he was interacting with the crowd. And we kept, you know, they kept showing him looking into the crowd and, and smiling and, and making all these confident gestures. Um, and that, that shot right there was just kind of, you know, perfect illustration of that. He was, he was feeling it and 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 made that shot and um, um, yeah I put it down as the I can't think of anything that's big that's bigger than that Jesse can you can you uh... I
3: mean obviously th- there's been other huge buzzer beating shots like Bronson Koenig hitting the the three from the mm-hmm. corner and Freddie Owens hitting a shot but given the magnitude of the moment and the stage. I'd probably still go with Sam's shot, even though there was still a minute and 40 left to play. I remember Sam said after the game that off his hand he knew it was down. Now it's easy to say that afterward. But uh, you're right about how confident he was. And I also think, as we look back now, that was so huge because of what that game meant to Wisconsin. Because there was so much pressure on that team, even though they did a good job of blocking it out. It was almost like if they didn't make the Final Four, it would have been a disappointment. And if they would have lost again to Kentucky at the Final Four, Obviously, that team would have been remembered very fondly, but the team the year before was in the exact same position and couldn't close the deal against Kentucky. So I, I feel like that game in particular puts this team over the top in terms of how we remember them because it negated Kentucky's chance to go 40-0, and and it was the most significant victory certainly that I've ever seen, and maybe in program history given the moment.
0: I remember... After Sam hit that shot, I've seen the video a ton of times, but he turns around, puts his hands up to his mouth like, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. Like Obviously, he was expecting to. He said he was expecting to go in, but for, to go in, to give it a 63-60 lead, and then for him to come down and make... He was not a defensive player, normally. He was not a guy that was going to take the charges, and yet he does exactly that. It's, it's a dangerous thing to do as well, because you don't know if you're going to get that call at that time in the game, but he made perhaps the biggest offensive play and the, perhaps the biggest defensive play in school history back-to-back
2: plays. Right, and like you said, the, the the one you'd least expect was the one on the defensive end because that's just not what he was known for. And he fully admits that. Like he's, even years later, he'll admit that that's that was not his calling card. And Bo was on him continuously to to make you know to stick his nose in there and make plays like that. And um, and he did in a really big moment. I remember his reaction to that play. He just kind of jumped off the floor and, and started celebrating. Like, that was one of the moments I remember of, of the camera catching him and him just kind of hopping off and, and starting to walk towards the other end of the court. I, I think that's when they kind of I think that's when Wisconsin kind of started to know that this was going to happen. And I think too, you can look at the Kentucky players and that's when they kind of it was kind of that uh oh moment that, you know, we're in trouble now.
0: Well that's what I was going to say. You could say you could tell the three and that Kentucky's in trouble. They I mean this isn't right. this isn't Notre Dame sixty six, sixty four. This is not notre dame 66-64. this is Wisconsin, 63-60 with the ball and under a minute to go.
3: And the other thing that I'm thinking about is why that charge was so big, because that was not a Kentucky team that was going to beat itself. And honestly, if you look at even how Kentucky played in that game, statistically they did enough to win. John Calipari said after the game he was pointing out some of the numbers on the box score. I think they had six turnovers. They shot 90% from the free throw line, uh, 60% from three, and 48% from the field. In what world do you play a Final Four game and lose <laughs> unless unless it's the perfect set of circumstances? And so, Sam drawing a charge like that, I think, is even more substantial just because of how good that Kentucky team was, and they deserve credit for how well they played too. And so, for for Wisconsin to win, it's just it's unbelievable. They they had to play the best game of the year, and they did it at that moment.
0: I'll say this: like the we we talked about Wisconsin's drought. Kentucky had, I mean, Wisconsin's defense stepped up towards the end, too, to keep that game close. When Wisconsin's offense wasn't getting it done, they got it done in the defensive end. But I also blame a little bit of that on John Calipari and going just one-on-one, essentially, at the end of shot clocks with uh, it, w- with the Harrisons against Bronson Koenig. Like, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Why don't you continue to run your offense? Why don't you get the ball to Carl Anthony Towns? Why why was that? I feel like that was probably uh, maybe not covered nearly as as much as it should have been. Maybe it was from the Kentucky side because that that offense – Shut down, and it got to a lot of late shot clock situations.
2: Yeah, as stupid as it's going to sound, I think I think there was a certain what showed that game is that maybe Kentucky had too much talent. In that, at some point in a close game, Kyle Perry's got to decide which five he's going to roll with. And even at halftime, like he started the Harrison in the game, but he had them on the bench to start the second half because clearly something he wasn't happy about. Um, and he played Devin Booker a lot, and then if you watch that game, Wisconsin really goes at Devin Booker. Yeah. Um, like two or three times they, they switch and end up getting N1s out of it. Um, and I think that was part of the problem with Kentucky is that they had a really great collection of nine guys, but finding the right combination and finding the right five in crunch time, I think was a challenge. And essentially, you're going to have four guys who end up playing, you know, either in the NBA or professionally on the bench at key moments and what team can say that where they've got nba guys who just are not on the floor when 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 it matters the most and i think that was part of the problem that game was just calipari didn't know who to go with he didn't know what combination was going to work against wisconsin whereas wisconsin kind of had the five they knew you know especially after trey's injury um and, and to put bronson in the starting lineup i think they had the five guys that they knew that in crunch time they wanted on the floor and um, it was a cohesive unit, and I don't know that Kentucky ever had that. They had a lot of talent, but I don't know that they had a togetherness that Wisconsin had.
0: Yeah, I, I, I kind of think that's probably the the knock on the way that Kyle Park goes about doing things, too. Right? I mean, Wisconsin has so many uh, upperclassmen, especially on that team, that had played together for so long that it kind of it just kind of flowed in. it worked fine. Post game. What do you remember from the locker I mean, it was obviously a very joyous locker room and completely opposite of what had happened the year before. I think the toughest locker room that probably some of us have been in is that 2014 locker room or the 2015 after the Duke game. But what do you remember from, from the locker room?
3: For me, I remember, yeah, there was a celebration, obviously, but it was this was a group that expected to win that game, and they also recognized what was on the horizon. I mean, that, that win was a year in the making because of what had happened the year before, because of who they had coming back. They'd bring everyone back other than Ben Bruss. And I remember talking to Josh Gosser afterward, and this is how I ended my game story from that. He said, that might have been the biggest game in school history, and it'll last for two days. Like, there was just such a resolve with that group to understand that, sure, what we just did um, was amazing and it was monumental, but we need to finish this thing off.
0: Does it lose anything because of that? Does that does that Kentucky game lose anything because of what happened two nights later?
2: I don't don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Looking back five years, at the in the moment, I think maybe that next week um, there was probably a lot of disappointed players and fans um, and coaches saying, "Wow, you know, we we just accomplished this huge thing beating Kentucky, and then it's it's you know two days later we can't finish it off, and it it really hurts." I think looking back five years from now or five years after the fact. that, that win is still going to be remembered by, by people that not associated with either one of those teams. I think there's a lot of just college basketball fans in general are saying, wow, Kentucky had a chance to go 40 know and, and they couldn't do it because Wisconsin beat them. Um, and, you know, I think people remember that game and that moment, and I think Wisconsin fans kind of remember that team and that, that game and that moment fondly. Um I think there's a certain what-if that everybody's going to play. Forever, you know, it's never, it's never going to end. Like those guys don't even watch the game anymore. I mean, they never have. Like Frank refuses to watch it. Sam, Sam might have watched it, but I know Gosser. I don't think has gone back and watched it. Um, and they just refuse to. It hurts too much, and and, and they'll never get that Duke game um, out of their minds. But I don't think it takes away the from what how special this team was and how to be remembered certainly.
3: No, I mean I agree completely. Obviously, to not win in the national championship game when you've got the best team you've ever had stings, but to get over that hump and to beat Kentucky when a year before you lost in that game, I think it validated all the work that they put in. It showed the country how good the team really was. Because I, Even though Wisconsin was one of the top teams in the country all season, I don't know how much the casual fan watched the Badgers, but when you get to the Final Four and you're playing a 38-0 Kentucky, that's your chance to show what you have. And so I, I think, to me, it doesn't take away from what they accomplished in that win in particular. But, man, it would have been unbelievable if they would have beaten Duke and won a national championship. It would have been living something else.
0: All right, so that was Jim Polzine and Jesse Temple. Going to move on now and uh, talk with uh, former UW assistant Gary Close. Wanted to start Gary with the week leading up to it. You know, I was talking with Jim Polzine and Jesse, Polz- uh, Jesse Temple earlier in the show and asked them kind of what their feeling was. As a coaching staff, as players, you expect to win. I mean, that's the only mindset you can have. Coaches have a little bit of a, you know, a little bit further back mentality of it and what things had to happen for you guys to be able to pull off that upset. What do you remember from the week leading up the keys to what had had to happen for you guys to beat Kentucky?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, we had a real experienced, talented uh, basketball team. And we felt, um, having gone through, the teams that we had played leading up to the final four, we we really were tested. Um, Any one of those teams could have beaten us and gone to the final four and and possibly won the national championship. So um, I think we just tried to keep things going the way we had been doing it. Um, We felt like we had a lot of confidence. We were playing well. Um, We had played them the year before and it gave them a real good game. And so we thought, um, you know, we thought going in having gone through the big 10 as well as the teams we had played in the tournament that we, and because we were playing well we had a, we had a good shot
0: the players talked about it you know sp- certainly after the game you know throughout the year there was kind of like we don't care about kentucky kentucky doesn't matter that you know it happened last year it doesn't really matter but then when the game came around it was like yeah we wanted kentucky and all that type of stuff for as a coaching staff did you guys want another shot at them after how 2014 ended
1: i think in some ways yes i mean it was a it was a really difficult loss we um we really felt like we uh let one slip away and a chance to, you know, win a national championship. We were, we were right there. And, um, and so I, you know, as, as a competitor um, I guess you're always looking to get a chance to play a team and knock you out before, but to tell you the truth, you get, you get so consumed with just winning the next game that you don't even realize who you're playing until now, now we've got Kentucky. And, and uh, I think the fact that we had played them before was a, was a real advantage.
0: Now, there's so many moments within that game that, that come back, you know, come to mind when you when you think about it, whether it's the start where Kentucky gets out to that, that early lead just you know, and they got the, the alley ooped mm-hmm. and it was like, Oh my goodness, okay. And then, you know, you guys came back down, hit a three yourself and it was like kind of like a game on situation. When you when you think about the different aspects of the game, you know, what stood out what stands out to you when you think about it?
1: Well i think I think the big thing that stood out to me was was how well we defended uh down the stretch um it was a basically a tie game with whatever it was four or five six we actually we were down a little bit yeah um, and then got it tied and then we just uh we just got stop after stop after stop against a really good talented team so i think and that had kind of been what we had uh based our whole season on that you know if we needed stops we could get them and and to to do that in that situation, um, I, I thought was really impressive.
0: Was there any bit of a worry though, because you guys went went a little bit of a drought there, where there wasn't a field goal for quite some time until Sam, you know, got the the runner to go when he drove baseline. Was there a concern on the sideline, like okay, I mean, this is kind of what Kentucky does. They they were coming in, coming into that game, they were the best defensive team. Some people thought the best te- defensive team ever. Was there a concern that maybe things weren't going to pick back up?
1: You know, I I don't think so. I think it was more, um, you know, let's let's just take it one possession at a time. We're, you know, we're within uh, shooting distance here. Um, Let's just keep doing what we're doing um, and just do it a little bit better. And uh, had some shots that we didn't make, didn't finish, and and uh, you know, we've been through some games like that in the tournament as well as uh, as well as in league play. So I, I, I don't think so. I think you're so you're so wrapped up in the moment that you, you don't even have time to think about it. And if you're watching it on TV, you probably would have been, I probably was more concerned watching it on TV afterwards than I was while the game was going on. You are just, Hey, what can we do better? And how can we get ourselves back in it? And like I said, the defensive effort um, late was really, I thought the turning point in the game.
0: And I was going to ask about that, and, and you, you mentioned watching the game on TV. Um, you know, it was on Wednesday night, along with a game that we won't mention after it. But w- when you went back and w- were watching it, you said the defense stood out. Is it did, anything else that stood out that you didn't remember happened in that game that uh, kind of br- it brought it back into your mind?
1: Well, that was that was definitely that was definitely. I think Sam's shot was a huge, huge, big time shot. I mean, I certainly remembered it, but. You know, at the moment, uh, maybe you didn't realize <laughs> how big it was. I mean, it it put us over the top, and you know that's that's why you watch the the final four for for shots like that. And then he goes right down in the next possession and takes a charge. I think that that sequence of about thirty seconds or so or whatever was was the difference in the game. And I think um, that uh, got us a lead and and kept the lead and. Um, We were a real talented team. I think, I think when you go back and look at the team, you really appreciate the talent that we had on the team. They were, you know, obviously they were great kids. They were very unselfish. Uh, They bought into what we were teaching, but uh, we also had a lot of talent that, uh, uh, that we were able to take advantage of.
0: I saw uh, Sam and uh, some of the other guys talking about how they didn't really run a ton of off. You guys didn't run a ton of offense. It wasn't the swing. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't the, the swing that we had come to know under bow for really the first probably 12 years. 2014, 2015, kind of got away from that. Would you agree with that? Was it, was it more, it, it wasn't yeah, that kind of thing?
1: I would agree with it to, to some extent. I don't think there's any doubt. I think, um, like I had said before, we were so talented that we could break defenses down quicker uh, than maybe in the past, uh, we you know we were very versatile. We had a lot of guys that could shoot. We had a lot of guys that could put it on the floor all the way to our center. Uh, we had guys that could post up, including our guards. And so we were really hard to defend. And so, you know, if you have a team that's less talented, then maybe you need a little more structure uh, to keep yourself in games and give yourself an opportunity to win. When you have more talent, you can kind of let it let it go. And I, to some extent, and I think Bo deserves a lot of credit. He he saw what we had and they were unselfish enough and smart enough to know what a good shot was that they could improvise and still get good shots with their talent. And, and of course, that makes you really, a really difficult team to defend.
0: I I think it's been reported like you guys had a little bit of a hands-off approach, at least, you know, uh, within games, but what were those timeouts like? coming down the stretch what do you you have any recollection of what was being said there was it just you know keep on keeping on or or what was the message there
1: pretty much yeah pretty much um i I think you want to you want to show confidence and, and poise and and uh you know we had been through this before and we were an experienced basketball team we just had to keep doing what we were doing just do it a little bit better and and not try to change things and going off on a different tangent when we knew what we did was, was good enough. And, and, um, and to our credit uh, and to their credit, the team's credit, they just persevered and, and uh, continued to get good shots, continued to get stops. You know, in games like that, all of a sudden you start doing things that you haven't done all year and that's where you fall behind or lose the game. And fortunately we were experienced enough and smart enough to, to not do that and just stick with what we were good at and, because we knew that was good enough to win the game.
0: It's kind of it's, it's interesting you mentioned we were doing a, we, what what we were good at. I felt like, and you mentioned the defense down the stretch. I felt like Kentucky kind of got out of what they had been doing, you know. And there was a lot of one on one towards the end of shot clocks where they weren't really trying to run a ton of offense. They were just clearing it out, and it was essentially one of the 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 Harrisons going against Bronson Kinney one on one.
1: I, I don't think there's any doubt. I think you're I think you're right on with that, and I think they're a little younger. They were a little bit younger than we were. Not a lot, and obviously very talented, but I think if you go back and look at those possessions in the last five, six minutes of the game, we got a lot better shots than they did. You know, Part of it is, is how well we played defense, but they were, they were also a very good defense team, and part of it was our execution and, and our talent on the offensive end and our experience. I think, I think we won the game because we had more experience.
0: Well, it, obviously, a lot of those, a lot of their guys had come back from the previous year. But you're right. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, those guys were freshmen, and uh, there right. were. And I think Tyler Ulos was a freshman too at that point. Correct. So, yeah. So yep. I mean, there there was a lot of young guys on the floor for them, and you guys didn't play any freshmen. You know, uh, so it was it was different.
1: Right. And and now they're in a position that they haven't been in very often, maybe not at all. I mean, I'm sure they had a they had a few games that were competitive, but not at not with that much at stake. And that's and that's where experience really can can show through, and I think it I think it did it at our end for sure.
0: When you watched the celebration from the bench, what was going through your mind? I mean, because it was uh, we we've heard I feel like you know Wisconsin fans have have heard the story of you know D J Duke and looking at uh, a picture from the year before where Sam Decker's crouched down and he, you see the Kentucky team going crazy, and then a year later Willie Cauley Stein is essentially in Sam's position, and you can see the Wisconsin. Uh, mm-hmm. Sideline going crazy. What, what what comes back to you?
1: I think just um, you know real real excitement and and you just felt great for, for the guys and hey now we got a chance to play for the national championship. I mean how many how many people get to do that? I don't, you know as as a coach I hadn't even been to the final four till the previous year and had been going to final fours for twenty five thirty years and you always kind of dream hey what would it be like to. Be down there, coach, and all of a sudden you got the chance, and then you, you you get it and get knocked out right away, and it's a little bit of a tough taste in your mouth. And then you get a chance, hey, we we beat maybe the best team in the country, um, certainly one of the top teams, and then now we got a chance to play for the national championship, and that's quite a mountain we've climbed, and so it was pretty neat.
0: I know we promised that I promised that I wouldn't talk about the game that came <laughs> after that, but uh, I asked the you know Jim and Jesse earlier in the show. Because of what happened two nights later, does it lose anything? Does the the win over Kentucky lose anything for you?
1: Not the win over Kentucky. Yeah. That that's that's a, that's a great great memory and always will be. I, I you know that's that was a terrific game. It wasn't like Kentucky didn't play well. Um, both teams played well in a in a big environment. Um, so no, I, I think uh, the, the Kentucky game itself. I don't think will lose any luster for as long as I live, the disappointment of not winning a championship will last as long or longer. I mean, there's no question that we felt like we had the best team in the country that year, and we left something there that uh, was very disappointing not to get.
0: Do you think the celebration, you know, you, know, you guys got back to the hotel and the way the the, the lobby was, you know, going crazy? I mean, there were, I don't think there was a, a – like – a spot to step. I mean, it was it was everyone was just packed in there. Right. Wisconsin fans everywhere. Do you think that had an impact two days later? I mean, the, just no. the, the carryover. No. Okay.
1: No, I don't. I don't think we played as well. Uh, but that's you, know, you got to give Duke some credit for that. And you know, that's basketball. Uh, I think we we were in position obviously to win the game and didn't. Um, but no, I thought we. I thought from a preparation standpoint, we we, you know, we had a we had an experienced team, and they you know we had played Duke before. Um, and so we were looking forward to playing them again. I think if you had a younger team and had gone through something like that, that might have been a problem. Um, it wasn't with us. We, we were ready to play. We were, we were ready to go and, and um, just didn't play well enough down the stretch to, to win the game.
0: All right, well, we're not going to talk about it anymore. Uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, just the overall feeling of the Kentucky game and, and the win, obviously you've been, you were around and have been around Wisconsin basketball for a long time now. Biggest wins in program history easily?
1: I think so. I think when you when you take into account who we were playing and what we were playing for and the fact that we had played him the year before and, and fell a little short, I, I think so. I mean it's it's hard to say that categorically, but I, I don't I think with everything that was at stake and 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 who we were playing and how well we played, I, I would agree with that.
0: All right, so that was Gary Close looking at a perspective from his on the bench and now moving on and chatting with Josh Gosser, the starting guard for Wisconsin in that game as we look at his perspective as a player in that Kentucky-Wisconsin game. All right, I wanted to uh, to start, Josh, with, as I have with the guys that have come on before, the week leading up to it, was it hard to sleep? Was it hard to stay focused on practice? Was it, I mean, because you guys have been waiting for it, even though you wouldn't admit it. You had been waiting for it almost 365 days to get to that point again. Was it, was it hard to wait for that game to start?
4: Uh, honestly, it was completely normal, which okay. is weird. Because, but I think that's what made it great. I mean, I think, I think there was that press conference, a few days before the game, but we were just loose, joking around, having, laughing. Yes. That's literally what we did all year round, and, and nothing changed. <laughs> and, like, when we walked into uh, the indie Arena, uh, you, you know, we had been there before the year before, so we weren't shell-shocked. We weren't nervous as nervous. We weren't super excited. It was more so just like, we're just going to keep doing what we've been doing, laughing, joking around, playing hard, working hard, and that was it. And then, I think once the game started, then it was like, Yes, we are finally here. Let's try to take advantage of this moment. So I, I just think that's what made our team great. And we we really were level headed no matter what was going on, no matter if we lost on the road at Rutgers where we beat Kentucky. It was just the same mindset the entire time.
0: Kentucky travels as well as anybody, right? So that that arena, Lucas Oil Stadium, there was a heavy contingent of blue. But the red, yeah. you know, and the red showed up. The red showed up even more two nights later. Obviously, I think uh, I remember uh, leading into the Duke game. There was uh, pretty much every car on the way down on the interstate coming from the Chicago, Wisconsin area. Is essentially, was just all Wisconsin license plates. But it wasn't that way that night. Did you feed off the fact that uh, you guys were kind of the underdog and, and were playing against a, not just Kentucky but the entire large, overwhelming majority of the crowd?
4: No, we we knew we were the underdogs. I think the, I think it was a lot blue because also Duke, you know, was playing the game before, and I think yeah. their fans wanted to stay and watch us. So yeah, I think we knew that, but there was a ton of red there and a ton of support. And I think all the neutral people in the, in the crowd, I kind of got the sense that they were almost rooting for us uh, as the game went on. You know, kind of the under uh, quote unquote underdog, or seeing Kentucky go down. I think a lot of people maybe had that, but but we knew we were an underdog going into it, and that's why we had that, that mantra of making believe. I mean, it was it was for that game, for that moment. To you know, people knew we could beat Michigan and Purdue and, and those teams, but I don't know if many people thought we could beat the Kentuckys and Dukes of the world. So it, it, we definitely fed off that that energy, and it was something that we expected and knew it was going to happen. And it really was just about us, you know, 15 guys on the sideline um, being locked in
0: got a wake-up call pretty quickly though in that game you know they they hit a three and then they yeah. and then the uh the lob to willie collie stein and so it's almost like and i i mentioned to jim earlier and we were sitting next to each other. I, I looked at him and like both eyes went wide open like uh okay yep but it, it, you guys settled in right after that
4: no I, uh, it, typical fashion I, it, I remember those first possessions like yesterday i mean we had talked about you had to take something away from Kentucky, and we we said we were going to go under under ball screens on Andrew Harrison. He, he had proven it quite as much. First possession, we go under screen, and he just canned it. <laughs> Nothing but net. Pretty, you know. Then they, they're full court pressing us. They're hyped up. We turn it over. Frank turns over our national player of the year. They come down. It's a two on one with me back there, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Harrison or Aaron Harrison and whatever Harrison it was, and Willie Collie Stein. And I'm sitting there. What? What am I going to do here? They throw it up the top of the backboard. He dunks right over my head, and I'm like, "Oh my god, what are we? What are, <laughs> <laughs> we are? We have them on their best right now, which is not good." Uh, but then, yeah, like you said, we come down. I think we got two free throws and hit a three, and it's five five, and just like that, it's a game, real quick. So we, we knew we, you know, we had the talent, the experience, the system to to control them. We just needed to get off that night early once they got going,
0: and we did. It was it was such a game of runs, though, too, right? I mean, it felt like a it was a roller coaster, up and down. Like you guys obviously got out to a lead in the first half, and then they came back, and then Bronson shot, you know, at the at the end of the half to tie it. Mm-hmm. Second half, you guys get out to a lead, and then they come back and they take a lead. You guys can't score at all. What were the emotions like just throughout the that entire up and down? It felt like it felt, as I said, like a roller coaster.
4: It, it was. It was, and. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you know. I I figured at some point in the game we'd go on a little scoring job. Just Kentucky's too good defensively for us to just consistently score every other possession or whatever throughout the game. So we we knew we might go on a little little, little stunt there, but we also knew we could easily hold them as well. So kind of figured it'd be a game on, and and quite honestly, we kind of just got a little lucky that we were the team that ended the game on a run. Because if there was four less minutes in that game, we probably would have lost. and if there are four more minutes in that game I'm sure Kentucky had another run in them so it was just one of those things where we uh, found a way to and that's what great teams do they find a way to stop teams' runs once they get going, you know, 5-0 they they don't let that get up to 9-0 or or whatever and and when we're on a 5-0 run we get it to 8 so it's just great teams find a way to stop runs and and we were able to just do that enough and then obviously make the last last run of the game which is what matters the most
0: I felt like you guys, uh, it's widely known, you guys' most efficient team offensively in the Ken Palm era. I guarantee you give people 100 million opportunities to try and get the right answer. They would not pick Wisconsin as the team as the most efficient offense ever, but you were. Um, yeah. But you were not considered a, quote-unquote, great defensive team. But you, yourself, took pride in your defensive ability. How uh, satisfying is it that you guys were able to? After I mean, you go down 60-56 and they barely scored the rest of the way. Yeah.
4: No, it's satisfying because obviously we were a different Wisconsin team in terms of I think our final like 12 games of the year or whatever we scored 70 points in every single game. Um so we were a little different in terms of that we could score and had that firepower but at the same time our identity and our foundation was still toughness, defense, possession by possession. Like that didn't change at all just cuz we you know we could score a little bit better. And it showed. You know, we maybe the numbers didn't say we were as great a defensive team, but I think piece by piece and collectively we were still up there. We just we could just score more, so we didn't have to you know <laughs> dive into it as much and right. rely on it every single possession of every single game. So it was really satisfying. Especially you know to see Sam step up late and, and Bronson did a did a good job, and we just we knew what we had to do to beat him. And we filed it to a T and that worked out pretty well.
0: There were a couple of uh controversial calls or non calls I would say. The one that gets a lot of plays is, is Nigel's, where eh, had it been a few seconds later and they've perhaps been able to go to review to, to review it, it would have been different, but he gets the I will I'll actually leave it up to you. Do you think uh does it get overturned if it goes to replay?
4: Oh, 100%. It okay. was, it all was right. cre- clearly obvious. Okay, so, all right. Cool. So I, I was actually inbounding on that play. and I was about to get a five-second call. And nobody was open. Yeah. And I had to throw it all the way across the opposite corner where Nigel was completely covered. I don't even know why I threw it, but his defender's backwards to me. So I saw his backwards to me, so I just threw it, hoping that he wouldn't turn around. Because if he did, he just would have caught it. It would have been right, right to him. <laughs> uh, so fortunately, he didn't turn around, and Nigel got it. And yeah, when he shot it, we, we, everyone in the court on our team stood there and like, they're really letting this go on, and they were hooting and hollering and everything. So, and then I think we went to a timeout. And we all just slowly walked back, like, "Holy cow, this is actually going to work out." So, <laughs> it was one of those things. But, like you said, there was a couple of controversial ones what? on their end too. So, it ended up evening out, and it definitely wasn't the difference in the game. But it, it was a big moment for us for
0: sure. No, I, right, right. That's that's that one. But I think there was one earlier that you were involved in that uh, Lyles just punches you in the face.
4: He, he did actually. <laughs> he,
0: he did, didn't he? I mean, he he did. It was It was like a fist, or it wasn't a fist. It was like a palm to your face coming across the floor. They stop the game. They go over and look at it in replay, and they still don't call it.
4: Yeah. Whenever that game's on TV or something, I'll get so many tweets at me about about that play, <laughs> like how ridiculous it was. You're welcome. And I finally, I finally responded to the other day. Someone like just my perception of it because. I, I like I. It was a blackout. I was blocking out Trey Lyles, and he he was going hard for it. I I face guarded him on the blockout, which is something I've done a lot, but can be annoying for a player. And I could you can just see that he was super frustrated. Like you know when someone's frustrated and they they lose their cool for a moment, it wasn't an accidental hit. I mean, he purposely did it, yeah. and he immediately regret. You could tell he immediately regretted it, and I was like, oh shoot, what did I just do? Yeah, it was one of those moments. And I mean, I was just wasn't expecting. I got slapped across the face, and I went down without even flopping. It was it was completely real. But then you know, I, in in other games, I probably would have stormed up and like yelled to the refs about it. Yeah. But I just I didn't know what it looked like. I know what it was like in the moment. I didn't want to be the guy, you know, freaking out, arguing, freaking out about that, and then have them go to review and have it be this little thing. Yeah, in that game, it was too big of a game and too big of a stage to, to freak out like that. So I just kept my cool. Like I, I think he punched me in the face. I, I just didn't know what to say. <laughs>
0: yeah. but did you, but did you see the replay? Like at the stadium? I, did you watch the replay? No,
4: I, I had no idea. that's okay. why I was. That's why I was hesitant. I was hesitant to really like get into the rest and really tell Coach Ryan because Bo brought, brought brought us in, and first thing he said was, "Did he?" Did he hit you? I was like, yeah, I think so. I mean, he literally punched me in the face. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Just because I, I, again, didn't want to make this, like, crybaby, whatever <laughs> it was in that moment. because That, that could have really affected the way the rest of the game went right. if they did, didn't call and we were reacting that way. So, I don't know, it was a weird moment. I, I knew it, but I, I wasn't 100% sure because I didn't see the clip at the time.
0: All right, so you're feeling as Sam put up the step-back three. Before it went in, what what were you thinking?
4: I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> mine, <laughs>
0: mine went blank.
4: Yeah, it was it was just one of those games. You know, for me personally, I think I took one shot the whole game. So it wasn't they would they were playing us like we we weren't straight up. You know, they weren't doubling Frank. They weren't doubling Post. They went so they so we we were just going to go to the post and find our matchup, and they were going to play. So it wasn't a game where us guards were going to go out of shots or anything. So I I mean I was just playing it possession by possession, and I just—I obviously knew what happened the year before, so I was never going to feel good until the absolute end. So when he made it, you literally just went back on defense and <laughs> was worried about the next possession because you just never know what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> but but it, it felt like that shot, and uh, Jesse and Jim talked about it earlier, you could tell that when that went down, the entire crowd knew Kentucky was in trouble.
3: I
4: felt that too a little bit, yeah. I, I felt that. But again, it, yeah, but, it, I'm, you know it's just you can't think. I just cannot get myself to think that way, yeah. especially what happened the year before and just the moment and how how good they were. I mean, they did it the game before against Notre Dame. It felt like Notre Dame had it. There's different times throughout the year, and they just always used their theirs better. Right. They found a way to get it done at the end. So I just did not want that to happen to us.
0: <laughs> so so when did you when did you think it was over? I mean I, I mean because obviously. Uh, you, they it was, it was a foul fest in the last, you know, twenty seconds or so, but yeah. um, was it was it not until Ulysses' shot went off the, the ring that you that you said, Hey, here we go or what?
4: It was the play before that. So I, I remember people celebrating in the crowd and you did see like Frank and Sam celebrating. But I I didn't do pump my fist, do anything until um, I think we were up seven at the end or five or whatever five maybe and they threw it in an inbounds past a half court that went out of bounds. Yeah, we got the ball with a couple seconds left. So once that ball went out of bounds, our ball was the first time I like raised my hands up and was like we actually did it. So yeah, probably like five seconds left in the game was the first time I actually felt comfortable. <laughs>
0: what what was that like having? Because I remember talking to you guys that week before the game about how you would wake up in the morning, like when it was you know in the, in the off season, and that's all you would think about. Like, and Frank yep. was talking, about, all, that's all you would think about. That's what you would go to the gym thinking about was the shot you know, that that ridiculously long shot by Harrison and just the, the, the feeling. What was the feeling like when you finally had, had done it?
4: It was an awesome feeling. It was really, like, magical almost, really cool. Um, I wish we could have enjoyed it more because it, it was one of those things where, it may just be me personally, but I didn't probably enjoy it as much as I should have just because, I mean, we had to play a game in 36 hours against... Duke. Yeah. It wasn't, like, you know, we we weren't playing, you know, Rutgers or something. I mean, we were playing the best program in the past couple of decades and a really good team. So we didn't. It wasn't our goal to, you know, I think a lot of people think it was our goal to just beat Kentucky. But it was our goal to win the national championship. It didn't matter if we had to go through Kentucky and at any point in the final four in the national championship. We just we wanted to win it all. So I know it was a big deal to beat 38 in all Kentucky into advantage of the previous year, but it wasn't our ultimate goal. So we had to quickly refocus. And right when I got back in the locker room, it was, you know, celebration was kind of over. I was just, you know, moving on to the next, next team. But yeah, in that moment, it was, it was special on the court for for a couple minutes there and something you, you can't really forget. It was just something I probably never experience again.
0: This is, uh, and, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of, you know, everyone else has kind of said this, this too, but you know, uh, then you, the next two nights later, what happened, but it, they have said it doesn't really affect that game in your mind. It, does it deter from what happened? Uh, like, it doesn't,
4: it doesn't affect that game at all. I mean, that game is that game and to a lot of people. It's the best win in school history, whatever it might be. It affects, um, you know, we didn't achieve our goal and I'm not satisfied <laughs> with the way my career ended. Um, unfortunately in some ways, um, from that perspective so it, it's it's tough it's kind of tough for me to to say it because obviously that that winning in kentucky was unbelievable but it it doesn't solidify it in my mind i guess yeah so it's kind of hard it's kind of hard i don't know it's it's a weird thing because he's just not completely
0: satisfied with the win
2: yeah
4: you know when maybe some fans are or whatever it might be so i don't know it's a weird thing
0: I mean, after after the, again, the games were on Wednesday night and uh, on, on, I think CBS Sports and, uh, you know, people obviously were watching the Kentucky game, but then the Duke game came on after that and people were, some people were putting themselves through that horror of having to watch it again. <laughs> um, I know you've said that you haven't watched the entire thing through, but it happened. It is what, I mean, it, there's nothing you can do about it. I, I, I personally don't think it takes away anything from the Kentucky game. I mean, the Kentucky game is by itself, right? So yep. um, you, you wish you could have finished it, but it is what it is. I wanted to ask you one more thing about the the post game. Walking into your hotel and walking into the essentially the entire state of Wisconsin in your hotel is that a memory that is there for you? Is is that one that'll stick with you?
4: Yes, I think that was the coolest part. Other than the the ninety seconds on the court, once that like I said, that inbound pass went out of bounds, I realized we were gonna win and we were kind of celebrating on the court there and a few seconds after. Other than that. Coming into the hotel, driving down the street, um, to fans lined up across the street, and then walking into our hotel. That was that was something special because I, like I said, I kind of flipped my mind already. You know, celebration was over and, and moving on to Duke, and then you get in the bus and get to the hotel, and it's it's kind of back to where you were. So it was it was awesome. I, mean, I played a lot of games in Wisconsin, but a lot of special moments. But that was just at a completely different level level that I don't think will ever happen again unless they cut down the net, the whole thing. But I think people people understood the magnitude of that of that game at that moment. And I think every single person will remember that game in their lives.
0: I know uh, forever is a long time, but do you think the Wisconsin team in twenty fifteen is that the best team that'll ever play at the University of Wisconsin? Is that going to be the best ever? I
4: think I think it w- I think it will be. Um, I think it'll be the best team ever, and and maybe most memorable team ever just because of the personalities, the way we did it, how much fun we had, how good we were from the preseason
1: rankings
4: through the entire year. I mean, we were a one seed. The teams that we had to go through and beat cleaning up the regular season, the Big Ten Championship uh, tournament, did everything. I mean, collectively, there might be a Wisconsin team that wins the national championship, and, and you could say they're better, but I don't know if they will do it in the way that we did in terms of just the dominance throughout the entire year the dominance the fun the relatability the just the overall scope of what our team did and the having you know a hall of fame coach the national player of the year two lottery picks some role players some young stars like just everything it i think it'll be hard to top that even if someone wins it all but i think there'll be a day where someone someone does
0: And so that was Josh Gosser finishing up here as we look back at that game against Kentucky and that win over Kentucky. As all those guys said, I think it is the biggest win in school history and some of the biggest shots, some of the biggest plays in school history and something that will never be forgotten, even though what happened two nights later against Duke. So I appreciate everybody tuning in. Stay safe. And uh, if you're interested in football as well as Wisconsin basketball, continue to do episodes of our Football podcast, The Camp. You can find that up every place you get your podcasts from. So until next time, you've been listening to The Swing here on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.